now we are now we're recording yep welcome sarah is right always yeah we were just talking about this episode and you know as usual sarah was right no what's usual is that i admit you're right because i am capable of that where you mm -hmm. anyways <laughs> welcome matter. to the show everybody thanks for listening guys <laughs> welcome to the show uh, we appreciate you being here for another one. We hope you like this one. We've actually done a lot of research into it. Um, but in case you're wondering who we are, we're your hosts. Uh, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Sarah Austin. And this podcast sounds exhausting. This one probably is. Super. This one is exhausting. Like just the research that I put in uh, over yesterday and today and the stuff that I've watched and the interviews and all of that. It's like it's exhausting <laughs> without a doubt exhausting <laughs> the research was exhausting that's how you know it's gonna be you know well, yeah it was a a lot to read a lot to watch a lot to digest uh just a lot <laughs> a lot going on so um i can i can we we kind of gave a spoiler didn't we last week about what it's gonna be yeah i think i think people were ready anticipating yeah, so um, we're doing Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome by proxy, by proxy. and uh, we thought episode three would be a great time for that because for us today, the day that we're recording, the act just came out on Hulu, which it is did. the reenactment. It's a series. It's not like the documentary, right? They have actors and actresses yes, playing. Yeah. Right. It's a scripted and, Hulu series based on uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard and the murder of her mother dd blanchard right and the first time i learned about this is on the hbo documentary mommy dead and dearest or something like that yep 2017 hbo documentary which sarah just watched for the first time not that she yep. needed an excuse like this show to watch <laughs> dramatic true crime things right but um and you've watched a little bit of the act right i haven't but you have yeah, I did. I watched the act today. Uh, I think there's only two episodes that they released today, and now they're supposed to be releasing the rest of them every Wednesday. Oh, that's um, nice. Did you knock so, out both? Yeah. Which well, one's better so far? one and a half. Okay. Yeah, I almost finished the second one, but then... probably have an idea which back. one you're going to like more. So which one would you say so far? What do you mean out of the documentary and this? Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't... It's not comparable. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, the the act so far is very good. It's very uh, the acting is great. Joey King plays uh, Gypsy Rose. Patricia Arquette plays her mom, Dee Dee. They are both killing it in these roles right now. Patricia Arquette, is she related to David Arquette? Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, well, that's good that they're doing a good job. Uh, but it is a little bit dramatized. Um, I'll get into that later. There are there are some discrepancies already. I haven't watched the act, but can I make a confession to you? Live to everyone, I guess. Yes. Uh, Tell me, child. What are your sins? Joey, I'm going to whisper it into the tissue and burn <laughs> it on the cross. Um, hello? <laughs> I don't know why I'm little girl Sarah in this. Here, God, it's me, Vanessa. It's me. <laughs> no uh the girl who plays gypsy rose joey king uh, i've seen her in the previews and first of all she looks a lot like gypsy rose who she does is not at all gypsy rose in any fashion sexually attractive to me but yet joey king to me she looks pretty hot which is wait, pretty wait 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 
In she looks hot to you as Gypsy Rose? In the trailer. I haven't seen the act. Don't judge me. I haven't seen the act yet. It might be worse than it looks on the trailer. But on the trailer, they made it look like Furiosa in a sense because her hair is kind of shaved. And she's like, okay, you know. I could see that. Yeah. All I have to do, guys, is say Furiosa. And Sarah's going to be like, okay. I'm on it. We're hot. You can get with yeah. it. Sarah's, that's her, that's her bae. That is my bae. Um, hey, so we should post think- on the, I'm sorry to interrupt uh-huh. Post on the Instagram your Furiosa cosplay. I'll do that for Halloween. We've interjected it. Great. Now you guys have to listen till October because it's worth it. Go ahead. It what is were you worth say? it. Um, <laughs> so you like Joey. Have you seen Joey King not as Gypsy Rose? I'm looking at her right now. What would you okay. like? I don't like her with long hair. Sorry. No, her but no hair or short hair. She's smoking hot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Photos with long hair. But I, I. She can rock a shaved head. I'm feeling vulnerable. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> with the short hair. <laughs> so how old is she? Like you know, Vanessa? she's like, hey, uh, you know. Are you allowed to find this little girl attractive? How old is she? Everything. She's 19. How dare you? You're the moment I find someone attractive who doesn't, who could possibly <laughs> listen, 19 right away <laughs> still makes you a pervert. Yeah, I was looking it up <laughs> and I was like, oh, good, she's 19. And Sarah, Sarah thought I was on my dating app, which is Zoe, by the way, if there's any women out there that are obviously hey. while they listen, makes perfect sense. That's where I'm at. Um, great. Now my stalking ex is going to hear that and make a <laughs> profile and catfish me. Oh, shit. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, she's 19. And Sarah's like, that's a terrible thing. Get Swipe that person to the left right yeah. now. I was like, no, I was talking about Joey King. She's like, oh, Joey King. She's Joey on Zoe. Body. <laughs> she's on zoe send her your profile now <laughs> all right we're getting sidetracked with all right, all right, all right. as we usually do on our as we usually do with hot chicks uh-huh. i'm gonna call you let's talk about something important in politics and current events yay and then i call her and it's just like hey i saw this hot chick let's that's right it. have you seen Charlize their own lately yeah sarah oh, lives God. vicariously through me so if we go I on do. dates or anything, be prepared to have all your information be given to yeah. <laughs> for evaluation, for whatever she uses it for, okay? <laughs> all right. So uh, Sarah rightfully decided that I should open the show with my part, which is the psychological, doctor's, factual side of Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome, uh, syndrome by proxy, right? Yes. Because it's boring. Let's get it out of the way. It's dry. It's not boring. Sarah's going to entertain us. It's not boring. I think it's important to know about this condition before going into this story. Sure. All right. I really do. And I I feel like most of all of the documentaries that I've watched, the clips I've watched, the Dr. Phil stuff I've watched on this case, it's all about Gypsy Rose and what happened to her mom and and how they lived together. But and, and it's always just kind of flippantly put out there. You know, her mom uh, suffered from Munchausen by proxy. Sure. But does the average person really know what Munchausen by proxy is? Yeah, it's a real thing, first of all. And I, yeah. If you're like me, you probably didn't really do a lot of research into it until, one, you heard it in Eminem's song, which really, internet wasn't that popping with information about and it. And he didn't say it right. He says his mom is a, he says he's a victim of Munchausen syndrome, but really he's a victim of Munchausen by proxy. Ah. It it is a, there is a difference. You illiterate prick. Eminem. (laughs) Get it right. Give it to me. (laughs) I'd like to correct you, sir. (laughs) Just like to correct you, sir. But if you're like me, you looked it up and got more research or got into it after watching 
the documentary, which kind of went into it, but not in too much detail, right? So this will be a cool way if y'all haven't seen that documentary yet, which is incredible if you haven't, but it's on HBO. Uh, yeah. So if you have uh, if you have cable, you can get it on an app HBO Go, or if you're like you can hey, actually, I'm sorry to interrupt. You can actually get it on YouTube for, for free. Yeah, oh. just well, type in "Mommy Dead and Dear." HBO paid us twenty dollars. They did they not. No, they didn't. <laughs> I pay them. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I pay them, honest to God, so Sarah can have Sesame Street for the baby. Seriously, he needs it though. He does need <laughs> it. The moment I sign up for the air, he's like, shark? Who wants to watch Baby Shark? <laughs> Which care. is free but on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's free. All right, anyways, let's get into it, shall we? All right. Let's go. All right. So Munchausen Syndrome, first thing I wanted to know, I'm sure none of you guys care about the first thing I wanted to know. Maybe you do, but I want to know where the name came from. Yeah. Uh, so Munchausen Syndrome is named after Barone Carl Friedrich von Munchausen, who lived uh, from 1720 to 1797, so he's old as fuck. Yes. He was born in Germany uh, and joined the Russian military. Uh, and he was n- most known for telling bullshit, extravagant stories about battles that he partook in um, and other nonsense. Uh-huh. But uh, quick examples of these, he reported to claim that he rode on cannonballs and also uh, traveled to the moon. And I researched that to find out if he rode a cannonball to the moon. No, <laughs> they're separate lies. Okay. Rode a cannonball, separate from that. Uh-huh. Traveled to the moon. <laughs> Did he say how he traveled to the moon? No, I couldn't get into that. No. Maybe he had a bunch of different stories for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Because 1720, he's not going to know rocket ships. That's what I'm saying. He huh. was a cannonball. Interesting. <laughs> like a cannonball of the moon. Right. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. So, um, which is weird because it's not really a medical thing, is it? It's just straight up lies. It is like, just straight up lying. Yeah. Maybe there's people that are like, Bitch, can you tell me what it is? I don't even know what it is. Okay, right. you're right. Let me describe it. So the first thing you want to know is not Munchausen by proxy. You actually want to know Munchausen syndrome itself, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll explain why. So Munchausen syndrome, also referred to as fictitious disorder, so they're one and the same, is a mental illness. So it's not a physical one or anything else. It's a mental illness. It involves a person with the syndrome to cause uh, injury to themselves or pretend to have physical or psychological illness or some combination or issues or symptoms. So it could be any combination of the things I just named, right? Right. Um, now, Munchausen syndrome itself, right? It's on the individual. They, they do that f- for many reasons that I'll go over, but it's often followed by or coexist with Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Okay. So in cases of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which Sarah's going to tell you an awesome story about, well, I guess I shouldn't say awesome. Well, actually, the bitch dies, so it's a great story. A story. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> bitch in the story dies. <laughs> All right. Um, it, it follows by that. You're not usually going to find someone that's just by proxy. Now, they, that might be the only thing that gets handled because it's, it involves a victim and, and things like that mm-hmm. and it gets more attention. But it's always going to start with, with most cases, it's going to start with uh, MS for short, uh, please. Munchausen syndrome is MS for this episode and Munchausen syndrome by proxy is going to be MSBP. Is that okay? You think? I think that's fine. I mean, hopefully they listen to the beginning and don't skip ahead and they don't well, say like MS. MS by proxy. How about that? And then MS, I'll say Munchausen syndrome. So Munchausen, I'll just do it. Fuck it. Do, do it, it live. live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Um, uh, let me tell you about Munch- Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So in comparison where the Munchausen syndrome is on the individual, by proxy is a fabrication of illness projected on 
by the perpetrator who probably has MS, Munchausen syndrome, uh-huh. where they pretend to be sick and other stuff. Uh, they, they project that onto another person, uh, which allows that perpetrator um, uh, to assume the role of a caregiver over somebody, usually their child, unfortunately. Right. Right. Research shows it's usually a child. In other cases, it could be an elderly person, usually a parent in that case. Mm-hmm but almost always it's going to be a child. So let's look at Munchausen facts versus Munchausen by proxy facts. So Munchausen syndrome itself, which again is just the individual, usually the ages for people with MS are going to be 20 to 40. Uh, and it's pretty even amongst men and women. Surprisingly, really? you think women, but it's actually pretty even. Yeah. Men and women, okay. it's pretty even because, you know, it's just a selfish thing, right? Yeah. Um, now there are differences though amongst men and women who have MS. So women are more likely to have knowledge of healthcare. And doing their research. Right. (laughs) Women are researchers. That's right. (laughs) We're very sexist here. Thank you. In a positive way. Right. Um, Which are also bad, Sarah, just so you know. I get it. I get it. Because it's a good. I know. I know. That's me pretending to be a good person. I'm not. Okay. It's usually (laughs) me that has to be told by Sarah. Okay. Um, With the knowledge of healthcare, if that woman is more uh, familiar with healthcare training, so rather than knowledge, but training, then she is more likely to have physical fabricated illness rather than psychological. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So her symptoms will be more psychological hearing voices. Um, um, you, you understand what I mean? Okay. Yep. Or w- whatever it is, it's just more of a psychological issue that she's, you know, making up these fake symptoms for. Whereas if she has training mm-hmm. in healthcare, like she knows CPR, whatever the fuck a she's A nurse. In, yeah. Her symptoms are going to be, her fake symptoms are going to be more physical in nature. Stomach pains, diarrhea, whatever right. it is. And, oh, and other. I know how to explain. I was drawing a blank early, but other psychological ones are uh-huh. going to be anxiety, depression, things like that. Okay. PTSD, et cetera. Right. And men with MS, they have few family relationships. So few relationship with family members. They're middle-aged and unmarried. So they need that for you attention. middle-aged unmarried men who we already suspect are probably gay now we suspect you probably have munchausen syndrome so don't i don't suspect you're gay <laughs> who me i don't oh i don't, don't suspect, suspect they're gay you don't no i Aww. suspect they suck with women <laughs> <laughs> okay symptoms of uh ms typically begin uh in late teens to early adult so the the symptoms of it Late teens, early adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Munchausen syndrome by proxy, again, usually follows Munchausen syndrome. 30 to 70% of those with MSBP have MS. It's a huge margin, 30 to 70%. But still, you can see, like I said earlier, if, you have, if you're having an MSBP by proxy situation, then you probably have MS. Uh, so Munchausen syndrome by proxy is mainly in women, which is what we thought, right? where the victim is typically their, chil- their children or also an elderly parents. Uh, the article I was reading to get all this information from, Sarah had a quote, many mothers who are diagnosed with Munchausen syndrome by proxy admitted it meant, um, or admitted that they induced illness onto themselves when they were teenagers. You okay. see what I mean? So, so it that's started Munchausen with them, syndrome. then they have a child and it's in late teens. put that on to Yeah, they did it to themselves. Right. Now, most victims of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, so the person that's being projected all these fake illnesses mm-hmm. onto, are in preschool when it starts. Wow. So that's when you need to start looking for those signs, which is, you were in daycare. Yeah. Did you see anything like that? No. Did you have I training? never. No. No. Yeah, no. see, maybe we I'll should. I'll get into that. a little bit of that, too. 
All right, cool. I'll wait. I'll pump the brakes. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, But preschool is about when it begins. um, And uh, usually takes two or more years before the case is discovered, before it's discovered that it's it's by proxy and the kid actually isn't really sick. So, I mean, that could be first, second grade, all the way up to, you know, 15, 16, in which case they probably have it now themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, because of this, the precursors of Munchausen syndrome by proxy often start with the precursors of plain old Munchausen syndrome. So I'm going to go into the precursors to that, and they all kind of coexist or align with by okay. proxy. Yeah? yeah. Okay. So the first thing is there's no real biological signs, but there are some phys- physiological signs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Devin, stop doing it. Thank you. Oh, did that go over the air? You've got to pause that. Go read a book. I told you to do that before I started. Go read a book. I don't know what time we're at, but we'll get this taken out. I do. Okay. 23 minutes. Go. You already ruined it. That already went on the air. Go. I told him 10 times to get his Xbox out of here. He's going to unplug my internet. All right. All right. We can resume now. All right, so the uh, precursors to Munchausen syndrome. There are no real biological signs, which makes sense. It's all mental illness anyway. Uh, but the phys- psychological, psychological, Psych- psychological, psychological. God bless America. Uh, an increased need for control. Oh, before I get into this, I didn't talk to you about this. Uh oh. So you're gonna hear a lot of things that sound like you, and you are definitely not this. So I don't want you to get. Don't get any kind of a funk, okay? Okay. You're definitely not this in any capacity, okay? Just wanted to set set you up with that, okay? Okay. I trust you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Believe me. Yes. An increased need for control. Yes. Uh, An imbalanced level of self-esteem, which could be either super low or super high. Yes. Just just an imbalance. It's not super low. It's not super high. It could be either one. Depression, anxiety, substance abuse, including prescription abuse, so... Even right. if you have the prescription you're supposed to have, but you abuse it. So they say that that's all precursors to this. Um, personality traits are obviously going to be a part of this. Um, examples, a history of feigning illness. Again, mm-hmm. this is going to be preteens, early adulthood. Um, which is also common among people suffering from BPD, which is border, borderline personality disorder. Yeah. So the article, which was written by a doctor, by the way, goes into listing all of the major symptoms of BPD because they also are a part of Munchausen syndrome. So So if you have BPD, you're more likely to also have Munchausen syndrome. And the symptoms are one and the same. So, so Munchausen has to say that if you have BPD, you're, you also have, no, but you're, you're more likely to, so you'll probably want to be more aware of things that, right. Cause BPD, you also fay illness a lot. Okay. Feign illness a lot. You fake fake a lot of illnesses or whatever. Um, but things that are, you know, like if you have three of these, you have BPD, right? right. But if you have three of these and then two of the just Munchausen ones, then they, they, they go together, if that makes sense. They count right. towards Munchausen syndrome. Any of these BPD symptoms, yeah? Which are um, disassociates or disturbances in self-identity or sense of self, Right. Uh, having an uns- having unstable relationships, Mo- multiple. By the way, it didn't say relationship or relationships. Mo- right. You're going to have that in many of your relationships. Unstability, uh, reoccurrent instances of self mutilation, and or experiences of reoccurrent thoughts or attempts at suicide. 
Okay. Um, risk factors for Munchausen syndrome um, start as always in childhood. That's fucking everything else that's wrong with everybody. Fucked up as kids. Yes. <laughs> just keep fucking up your kids, people. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. We just voted in Donald Trump. Everything's fine. We'll get through it. <laughs> keep fucking them up. All right. Which is so fucked up because everybody thinks we're fucking up our kids now because we're so more aware of how badly we fucked them up before, which right. is us, by the way. We're the fucked up kids. Yeah. By the way, we're the product of that. Anyways, yeah. getting off track. Um, so in childhood, here are some risk factors that if you had in childhood, you're at risk for Munchausen syndrome or higher risk, we should say, right? Uh, enduring significant negative events like trauma. Yep. Um, which includes serious illness, by the way. And that could be a serious illness that you had as a child or to a close friend or family member. Right. That's kind of secondary trauma. Right. And that's physical or otherwise. Okay. So if they had like a, an emotional illness, right? Yeah. But a traumatic one. Yeah. Um, another risk factor is having a grudge against the medical profession or professionals. As a child, that would more look like your, your mother or father having one, yeah. right? Um, or having been a victim of neglect, whether that's from your parents or, or your doctor. Most likely it's going to be your parents, though. Yeah. And, uh, of course, physical or sexual abuse or any old generic form of child maltreatment. Yeah. Um, boom, precursor to bigger risk of Munchausen syndrome. Isn't that right. great? What wonderful things Sarah and I have to look forward to. Because those are literally everything that we've ever had to deal with, isn't it? I know. And probably a lot of other people our age. Probably most of other people our age, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, the more we talk about it. Right. You know? And then the more we talk about it, the more we get shit on if we talk about it out in the open. Why are you talking about it now? Yeah. <laughs> how, how dare you not say something? That happened when you were old. seven. And being abused. You could have said right. something then. You were seven. Right. You Get knew how to together, say something. Kids. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go, go listen to a Christian podcast, you dick. Right. Or right wing one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost my place. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Um, so here's another quote from their article. Though the symptoms they, they manifest, so the person with Munchausen syndrome, are limitless so they they could make up any symptoms any combination of symptoms they want just whatever they think of in their head um they do tend to carry a pattern the person with ms so a pattern is going to look like going to different hospitals and doctors constantly going to different ones yeah having a, a varied or inconsistent medical history mm -hmm. exaggerated complaints or descriptions of symptoms or super vague descriptions oh, of their I symptoms see. okay right yeah. Right, because if you're going to the hospital, makes sense either way. Right, you're going to the hospital. You're at the point where I need to go to the hospital, mm -hmm. and you're super vague because it didn't make sense to me that it was vague. I had the same little response that you mm -hmm. did, right? But then I thought about it practically. You feel the need to go in an emergency room. You get to the doctor, and you're like, I don't know. I just kind of feel off. Feel different. You or know, I have like, a pain somewhere in this general area. Well, what <laughs> kind of pain? Sharp, dull, pulsating, da da da. Oh, Sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah, just. Give me some pills. Right. I get what you're saying. Give me attention. All right. Yeah, I would think it's more about the attention rather than the pills, right? Because that would lean more towards drug addiction. Your presumptions are correct. Did you do uh -huh. research? I did I not. get into that. Okay. By the way, if I sound like I'm a super dick, I really don't like Munchausen by proxy perpetrators. They're perpetrators. They have a victim. Usually in the case, yep. it's a child. But I am more empathetic to someone who just has Munchausen syndrome. Yes, I agree. Um, and I go into how they can get help and how you can help people. Good. If you think that they have it anyway. Let's okay. I, can I get to it? 
Let's hear it already. Now you're getting me back for last week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> to forgive me. I accept your apology. Thank you. She just crossed her fingers and flipped me off, you guys. We're on video <laughs> chat. She just did that. I'm just kidding. She didn't. But she went with it. She's like, I did in my mind. I did. All right. Um, and uh, uh, another symptom or, or warning sign that someone has MS, Munchausen syndrome, symptoms go against logic, which, which could mean a lot of things. But from what I looked up, because I had to look up in other areas what this really means, um, so they get worse after treatment or diagnosis. Right. So you would think after a diagnosis and treatment, several doctor visits, several tests, several treatments, that they would get better. They don't. They get worse. Um, other indications that someone has Munchausen syndrome, unwillingness to allow healthcare providers access to their family members. Mm. Unless, and I had to go to find another area to find this information, unless that family member strongly believes them or perpetuates the Munchausen syndrome or that family member has it themselves because they have cases where they were going to diagnose it, but they got to talk to a family member, but it turned out that family member either had it or perpetuated it or strongly believe them probably. Right. Who wouldn't? Yeah. And kind of, you know, confirm these things. Like imagine someone, a loved one is like, Oh my God, they don't believe me that I have seizures because no one's seen it. And I need seizure treatment. You're scared for your loved one that they're having seizures and they're not getting yeah, treatment. You're like, why is nobody like, listen? Attention. I saw it. Right. Yeah. Listen, I saw it. That's all I need to do to, to have it. I believe you. Let me just tell the doctor I saw yeah. it. No. But you could actually be doing damage. So don't, I, I wouldn't personally do that. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would do anything you asked me to do because I'm a sucker. But other than Sarah, I don't recommend anything right. to do that. Um, Let's just clarify also that I do not have Munchausen syndrome. Let's say I've said that a thousand times. You absolutely 100% do not. No. At all. Okay. And someone might be like, well, why, how would a best friend know? I'm, her mom said I'm a part of the family. I'm, I'm a little bit more of a part of the family than, absolutely. than, than than normal friendships are. And I want to be, I, I, these are extensions of Sarah. I love them, her kids. And she'll, she'll tell me about it because you know what? I know Sarah doesn't have Munchausen syndrome because she will talk about it. We'll, we'll look things up. And sometimes it's not good for a mother to look up symptoms either. So someone who's not the mother like me can go look it up, kind of get an idea of what Sarah should do, not make any diagnoses obviously, but encourage Sarah to take the kid to the doctor. Every time she takes him to the doctor, she's like, should I be doing this? And and you know what? Your kid has, you know, some, my oldest son does suffer from mental illness. My youngest son was born 10 weeks prematurely. So he has some health issues. And so I am at frequent doctor's appointments, frequent medication, uh, renewals and visits. And it is hard. It's hard to be an advocate for your child and want your child to have help and still have an open rational mind to doctors, families, family doctor, specialists, things like that. Well, I mean, uh, well, also I was going to say Max has a lower immune system because of that. All premature babies do. They're more, you know, they just have a lower immune system. So you can't just let it run its course, quote unquote, sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I was going to say, you, you talk to Isaac, your mom, your mother-in-law, me, you're always talking to somebody about what you're about to do and, and, when yeah. you should take your kid to the doctor, it's it's never an instant thing. Yeah, it's it's a monitored. Just you don't you don't have it and fuck everybody. How about right. that? Because <laughs> I do have a hard time. I almost have the opposite of this. I have a hard time 
going to the doctors. I don't like it because of things that have happened in my past and experiences and trauma around hospitals and doctor's visits. It is very hard for me. I don't want that attention. You know, right. I, it's, I, not I a gr- it's not a grudge, like one of the symptoms. No, are. It's, uh-uh. exactly. it's not that I'm distrusting. It's just that I just don't it's it's tough it's still something that i'm i'm working through to this day you know when i was doing my research actually that you bring this up you made me think of it again so i've thought of it several times during this research when i was a a detention officer at the sheriff's office and i was at my worst so we're like five or six years into it okay i was at my absolute worst mentally very depressed sarah wasn't in my life i probably would have been much better off if if she was my best friend not to blame you but i did try to kill myself because you were mean to me (laughs) that's an inside joke of ours from Reno 911. <laughs> what is that? Like episode one, isn't it? I don't make you feel bad or anything, but I did want to kill myself. Because you were mean to me. <laughs> when Weigel tries to kill herself. Oh, I found a second perfect timing for that one. Mm, that was a good one. Uh, anyways, I was going through a tough time. And um, I was calling in sick a lot. So I had a chronic health condition. And you can basically miss, miss work for any reason. And my chronic health condition was mental stuff. So, mm. I mean, I, I had that right. It was very helpful for me. I'd see my doctor regularly, but I was missing a lot of work. Uh-huh. And I was also going to urgent care or the hospital way more than I should have. And I really did not see anything wrong with it. I, I wasn't faying any illnesses, right. but I was not managing my anxiety, the chest pains that had come with it, any yep. of that stuff. And I didn't have, I, I had one of these, which is distance from family members. I didn't have anybody yeah. at all. And, um, I would be, I would go a lot and, um, someone actually pointed it out to me, which was nice, but, um, I was watching a video, fuck me, of a guru. Don't watch gurus, by the way. Don't do it. Don't. He's a scam artist. I'm not going to say his name, but the broken clock is right twice a day. And what he said to somebody when they asked a question was, you know why Americans go to the hospital and to the doctors all the time? Because when you're a kid, when you're sick, you're coddled. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's implanted in your brain and imprinted as a young person that you get attention, that you get soothing. Not to That's say how to, someone takes care of you. Right. And not to say that you should, you know, tell your kid to tough it out and fuck off. No. But, but if you are neglected yeah. as a child and then when you get sick, you get attention. Yeah or positive reinforcement, you're going to associate that with, with that. Absolutely. Right. Instead of being sick as a bad thing, cause you miss school, right? right? That's a good thing too. You miss school. Yeah. Um, but it's not a good thing to be sick all the time. It's not a good thing to be missing work. It's not a good thing to be unreliable. It's not a good thing to be bothering the hospital with non-emergency things. It's not <laughs> a good thing for our health insurance. It's, oh, yeah. it's super expensive. It's not a good thing for your credit. Yeah, it's not a good thing for any of that. And so he said that he said, um, if you have an attitude with it's a bad thing, then then you'll be better off because of it. Right. And so it he he it worked to change my perspective. How much did you have to pay? Nothing. It was on YouTube. (laughs) But I didn't like start following him or fucking become a yoga person or any of that stuff. I'm not I wasn't so gullible that but I was intelligent enough to good message. Right. To see to see that there was actually a good message in there. Yeah. Um, and, and to, to apply it. And then I actually ended up quitting after eight years because it was destroying me. So yeah. that, that's what I had to do. Best and decision you ever made. Probably. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> when am I 32? We'll see when we're yeah. 60. Right. Uh, well, actually my new job is actually really good. So yeah. I would say, yeah, 
yeah. probably was. It's a dangerous job working in the jail. Yep. Uh, and you know, people would retire and, and off themselves. I don't mean to sound depressing, but this is this podcast sounds exhausting. I don't know what you expected. Right. Do they, they? They don't know what to do with themselves. Office uh, cops too. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, what were we talking about? Munchausen syndrome. Munchausen by proxy. Is that what? There it's we called? go. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so I was saying that um, symptoms go against logic, meaning they don't get better, they get worse right. after treatment, after diagnosis. They don't want doctors talking to family members, except for when their family members are enablers or also suffer from Munchausen syndrome, right? Right. The next thing that's a risk factor or indication someone has Munchausen syndrome, they are excessively pleased to be subjected to medical testing and or procedures and or medication. Okay. Makes sense, they right? Yeah. Right. Who's going to be super excited that they have to get pricked constantly unless you're a freak right. like Sarah? <laughs> and but uh, I don't need to have a medical center do that. <laughs> no. I mean, would you, you would role play doctor, nurse. Yeah, but I can do that in my house. Right. That's what I'm saying. You would do oh. that. Yeah. yeah. Right? I don't okay. need to go to a hospital for that. <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> who's doing the pricking in, in your scenario? Just out of curiosity. Oh, you know, <laughs> the husband. Anyway, and, and the procedures like X-rays and MRIs—that stuff's not good for you. No, All that radiation uh, exposure right, and right. things like that. Right? They almost look forward to it, or they're excited to hear that they need that testing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Munchausen syndrome sufferers may also engage in self-injury, altering test results, and having a predictable relapse after things seem to get better. Now, from what I've seen with Munchausen syndrome, that is a big red flag where they have a predictable relapse after themes things things seem to get better okay because right they got to play it out yeah so they have to eventually get better right and when they get better that but now they got to go back right? right all right uh these symptoms are common among children nearly equally as it is in adults um when i read that i was like well yeah because it's super childish self-serving yeah self-centered thing to do right so um fang illness and all these things if if it's a if it's a older teen or a young adult, they almost look the same amongst them. Yeah. You would see them differently though, wouldn't you? Where if a child was doing that, you'd be more inclined to believe the child than you were the younger adult. Well, and if you're more inclined to believe the child, that child eventually grows up to a teenager to an adult and they've already had this whole pattern set up. Right. Right. Yeah. Which sucks to think about that, but I mean Yeah. I don't mean to suggest anybody not believe their kid. No, go see doctors and be normal fucking human beings. But trust your doctors as well. Yeah, that's a good point. That's another, yeah, yeah that was one of the symptoms where you yeah. constantly go from doctor to doctor. You have a I mean, I'm all for get, getting a second opinion. Right. Everybody's telling you the same thing. Right. And don't self, don't self, don't self-diagnose. Have people no. in your life that you trust yep. that care about you and your children as much as you do and, you know, like I said, Sarah's very busy. She has no time for more friends, people. Thank you. Thank Find you. someone else. <laughs> um, and another thing that they listed, just you know, offhand stuff, is that uh, people with Munchausen syndrome tend to have scars that they usually cause to themselves that are not going to be like cutting themselves scars. They're actually going to be scars that they can perpetuate a lie that they've had a past procedure or surgery. I see. Right? So the doctor's less likely to go through the trouble of getting paperwork uh-huh. and confirmation that that's actually true, right? Okay. All right. So what about treatment? Moving on. Uh, From what I read, treatment's a bitch. Um, These individuals with Munchausen syndrome usually flee from doctors who call bullshit or become suspicious. Yep. So, and we'll get into calling bullshit, by the way. Uh, 
No. Um, and like all other personality disorders, treatment's ineffective. Now, that's not definitive. That's actually an argument amongst doctors and psychologists, well. which is can personality disorders be treated? Right. A lot of them say no. But if they're caught early on, you have a willing patient, they can be managed. So that's I good. think that's the main thing is a willing patient because I have several friends with borderline personality disorder that take medication. They do regular therapy. Um, they've learned new sets of coping skills. And while they'll always have borderline personality disorder, it, they can manage it and have a healthy life. Yes. Well, some of them stop going, though. You shouldn't stop going. You shouldn't stop going. I mean, you don't have to go. So Cut it back a little yet. if you feel yeah. like, you Cut know, instead so of going it. every week, go every two weeks. And then when you're feeling, but you know, go every three weeks, have at least a monthly check-in. Don't stop going. Don't make the mistake that all of us people with mental illness make, which is where as soon as we start to feel better, we just stop doing the things that got us to that point. Right. You know. Yeah, because you change as you get older. I've certainly yeah. changed and you, you don't, you know, a lot of shit changes. Yeah. But uh, my health insurance is going to be kicking in right after the cruise. So I'm really looking forward to getting back on a, like seeing a therapist or a counselor. Just yeah, like, absolutely. It'd be nice, especially if they're smoking hot. Oh, that would be so great. I could <laughs> Stop. knock out two birds with one stone. If you're attracted to your therapist, get a new therapist. <laughs> <laughs> what if she's like smoking hot right when I walk in the door? I'm just gonna be like, hello. She's gonna be like, sit down. I'd be like, well, I have to go now. Right. Sorry, this isn't going to work like out. You. This isn't going to work out. You're far too attractive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I, you know what I'll say if that's the case? Honestly, I'll say that to her and I'll be like, and plus, I'm sure it was you were feeling this point. Yeah, obviously, sure you're, you were. we're both feeling this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, okay, room. narcissist. <laughs> yeah. Write that down. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are we talking about? Treatment, Munchausen syndrome? Um, just like with any other treatments, catching it early admitting you have a problem is with like anything that you're trying to you know fix um trying to actively manage it with medical help by the way not with webmd uh that's the only really real way to overcome or manage munchausen syndrome what about if you know someone with it sarah what do you do i have no idea that's the right answer you don't have any idea neither did i so i went and found a doctor who has an idea Show empathy for the difficulties that may have contributed to the development of their MS. So you're not directly towards their symptoms or whatever else is going on, but you're going to show it for the difficulties that may have contributed to the development of their Munchausen syndrome. Right. Um, they say that that's the best way to approach a loved one you suspect with MS, while also encouraging them to find new, more healthy ways to manage their feelings are important. Okay. New, healthy ways to manage their feelings. Right? Makes sense. That's yeah. with anybody, though. Yeah. They really need Munchausen syndrome for you to care about them that much. Right. If they do, you're kind <laughs> but of... But I think they're trying to make the the difference of don't walk in there and be like, everything you're saying is a lie, you know? Like, stop no. lying and stop being so dramatic. You have to take a more empathetic approach. No, it literally lists that. Um, uh, confronting somebody with that mm-hmm. is the worst thing you could do. Okay. They're going to cut you off. They're not going to trust you. Yep. They're obviously going to be insecure. They don't want to be exposed. Yep. It's the worst thing you can do and it almost never works. Okay. All right. So it's not, it's not like a drug intervention where you all sit down and say, we know you have this problem. It's not like that horrible right. show right. intervention. Okay. Which is so sad, right? 
I can't you watch not it. watch that whole hour just for five seconds where it's like, did she relapse or did she not? It's all right. we want to know. And yeah. it's a coin flip every time, no matter how. Well, it's almost always a relapse. But that's statistics too, that there's always yeah. going to be a, a yeah. relapse, isn't there? I can't watch intervention. It makes me sick. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can do a show on that. Yeah. Intervention. You want to get sick? Well, intervention, drug addiction. Yeah. All that. You could get, you're gonna get uncomfortable. Going to get real uncomfortable, people. Don't yeah. listen, mom. I can see your auntie to tell your story. <laughs> she sits on this yoga ball and she is like busy over there. I can't focus on her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm right. calm down. All right. Other good ways to help people with this. Uh, or actually, I'd be speaking to people with it. Uh, good ways for you to deal with it. Have a close family member or friend that you trust. Maintain a legal and close relationship with your primary care provider or your therapist in some way. So it doesn't mean they have to tell you all the business, right? Right. But when you have someone that you know is going to talk to your doctor and confirm things or just be involved, it's going to put that pressure on you to be more truthful. That's why one of the symptoms Mm. actuating it is not letting family members talk to your doctor. Right. Or communicate with them openly, right? Yep. Um, this helps both with Munchausen syndrome, uh, the person, and it also helps with that, the family, because they're probably suffering because of this loved one struggles with Munchausen syndrome. Yeah. Uh, you also want to help prevent unnecessary tests and other procedures, which are costly and sometimes risky. So yeah, it's more of a doctor thing, right? You don't want to say, no, don't do tests. Don't do this. I guess, you know, be more encouraging that they talk to their doctor about what tests they need, trusting their doctor, encourage them to trust your doctor. That's another thing. If you know their doctor and you're communicating with them, they're going to probably be more likely to take your trust of them, especially if you have a grudge, which is another factor for Munchausen syndrome, right? That's why it's important that it's, you know, somebody that you trust. Um, With Munchausen syndrome by proxy, um, there is a victim. So calling CPS is a must, obviously, to protect the welfare of the child right away. Absolutely. Yeah, if you if you got a situation of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, you got to call CPS, the police, documentation, yep. whatever you have. Uh, being a good witness is what any cop, first responder, CPS person will tell you. Yep. So uh, some other interesting facts I found out while reading that didn't really fit anywhere in the article: um, people who seek unnecessary medical care, like people with Munchausen syndrome and stuff, mm-hmm. cost us in the U.S. alone. Guess how much they cost us a year? I'm gonna say. Go ahead. Seven million. Hmm. Higher. A billion. <laughs> one, <laughs> one billion dollars. <laughs> Done guessing. She is ready to tell her story. Do not make me guess. 40 million. Jesus. 40 million a year. So that, I mean, that adds up. Every single year, 40 million dollars is, is, you know, no wonder healthcare is so high. And um, that's what I wrote. No wonder right wingers don't want universal healthcare. Yeah, it makes sense, right? People taking advantage of it. But then I had a thought right after that. Um, but uh, but what if universal healthcare would get these people the help they need before right. Munchausen syndrome or Munchausen syndrome by proxy has taken over their life? Yeah. So maybe it's it a rock in a hard place. Yeah, it'll suck at first, basically. Yeah. But because it'll help future generations, yep. um, universal healthcare will end up paying for itself and and being a good thing overall. Absolutely. But nobody cares about the future; they care about their life right now. They're selfish. Yep egotistical cocksuckers yep moving on <laughs> we're so open-minded on this show everybody let's just take a moment fuck your opinions I appreciate how make not- your own podcast <laughs> there's no cognitive bias happening here right uh let's see what else i wrote down someone with munchausen syndrome but no real other mental illness so like 
bipolar disorder, BPD, Mm -hmm. all these other mental illnesses, anxiety, depression, if they don't have any other real mental health uh, issues, they're more likely to seek and get effective treatment for their Munchausen syndrome. All right. However, right, because that sounds really depressing Mm -hmm. because you're almost likely to have this issue, right? right? However, those with other accompanying mental illness who seek help for those mental illness. So if you you have BPD, you have anxiety, you have depression, you have post-traumatic stress, and you have Munchausen syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Just take Munchausen syndrome out. But if you seek help for your depression, your anxiety, your PTSD, your BPD, whatever the fuck it is that you've got, whatever acronym you've got going on, yeah. you're likely to, to resolve your Munchausen syndrome just subsequently awesome. because you deal with all those other underlining issues. So it's not yeah. all terrible. Right. Um, as always, prevention is the key, which means getting help right away when red flags arrive rather than ignoring and perpetuating them because it makes you uncomfortable or because you want to pretend there isn't a real underlying problem, there is nothing wrong with getting mental health, right? That's, that's the big stigma. Yep. People are just going to think I'm crazy. Got to learn to be uncomfortable. Yeah, and, get, and be uncomfortable with your kids. If you yep. see these symptoms in your kids, go take them to a doctor. They're not, yep. You're not walking in saying I'm a bad parent, so someone you know, needs someone to be Someone else take care of this. I'm a good parent, yep. and I know that I can't fix and do every single thing for my child as much as I want to. Yep. Hasn't it been great for you and your kids? Absolutely. Yeah. Lifesaver anyway. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that'll be something that, that your kids have to take with them when they grow up. Yep. Medication and therapy 100% saved my son's life. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. And probably your mental health. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything, the whole family unit. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. My whole family does therapy, so... Yeah. And it is, it is, we're probably going to crack a lot of jokes with this story. I don't know, but it is a very serious uh, issue. And um, uh, a lot of these people do suffer from pre-existing mental health conditions and such. And so uh, the final thing I was going to end this with is super depressing. Uh, Suicide is another common symptom of Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So either the victim or the person suffering (sighs) from Munchausen syndrome on their own. Yeah, because they they are too afraid to go get health. I was just having a conversation today with somebody, Sarah. Not that this is directly involved, but I think it'll make you think about it in a way. Okay, um, I I said to somebody, "What do you think?" They're they're not law enforcement at all, right? Right. So, what do you think a law enforcement officer, correction officer, detention officer's biggest fear is? And I'm not speaking for every single one, but I really am speaking for the ones I know. Right. Yeah. And of course, the answer is death. You don't want to die in the line of duty. You're constantly around criminals, danger, life yeah. endangering things every day. Uh, you're at a higher risk for suicide. OK. Yeah. Um, and that's that's number two. Number one. I think I've told you this. Number one biggest fear that I've known when you get close to these people and they open mm-hmm. up to you about their vulnerabilities is that they will end up as a criminal and that they will end up in, in prison and they will end up being seen as the people they've seen and that they've judged, whether internally or externally, whether justified or otherwise, it doesn't matter. Right. That's a huge, huge fear for them. And a great example of that is when they finally crack because they didn't get help because they were the stigma, the taboo. They didn't, they thought it was a sign of weakness to get help. Yeah. When they finally cracked and they were having a domestic dis- disturbance, I know someone personally that this happened to, whatever the story is when the police arrive, and the chickens have come to roost and you've gone too far and now you're going to prison or jail, they kill themselves before they do that. Yeah. So that's an example that they're, they would rather die than go to prison and be right. that, that opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, but that's, 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 isn't that the same kind of thinking we need to have for people with suicide, that they'd rather be 
non-existent than having to, to go through it. So that's why the article, the doctor said empathy, understanding, you want to help them. Again, Munchausen syndrome by proxy, the number one concern is that child and that perpetrator needs to be held accountable for that. Absolutely. Um, and uh, suicide isn't the only thing. That's a, a, a possibility from all of this. Murder is another one. And we know that, don't we? <laughs> we do. Yeah. Sweet, now, sometimes, sweet <laughs> sometimes the, the Bunchausen syndrome perpetrator by proxy takes it so far she kills her kid, right? Like the mother who kept putting salt in the kid's IV. She put too much oh, and he died. Yep. The yep. four-year-old boy, he died. Yes. She was doing that. Yeah, to me. We don't know if that's what she intended to do. I would say not, right? Because their goal is probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Attention. Yep. Media attention, all that stuff that they're getting, right? Yep. So probably not, but it happens. That's what happens when you fuck with the kid's health. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, in some cases, the victim will murder the get that revenge. Yeah, get that revenge. Which is what we get to hear about finally. Finally. No, it was really good. And I'm I learned a lot actually. Cause I didn't do, I didn't do, uh, my research on this cause I knew I was going to hear it from you. And, uh, I, I know you've watched the 2017 HBO documentary, mommy dead and dearest, but yep. I'm hoping some of the information and some of the insights I can give you and some of the talks we can have, I don't know, maybe it'll be some new information. I've watched you. like three of them, Sarah. To be honest all right. So you probably know all of this, right? Cause when HBO did it, everybody was like, you know, it's yeah. hot. It's a hot ticket. Let's 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 do our own version of it. Yeah. So I watched so. that documentary. Um, I watched the first two parts of the act. Like I said in the beginning, I think it's really good so far. Although I do see a little bit of dramatization already that doesn't quite align uh, with the actual story. And then uh, sweet sweet Wikipedia. God, I love <laughs> Wikipedia. Jesus, can we donate to them? No, literally, they're always asking for donations. Go donate to Wikipedia because, good God, they just helped me so much. Hey, maybe uh, we'll have one for the show. Hey. Yeah. Uh, on June- describing us, Wikipedia. <laughs> Make sure we donate to them, too, so it's good stuff. Seriously. Send me your donations. Talk to me. What are you talking about? Who are we talking about? Who killed who? Because I already, I already gave away some secret. Yeah. The bitch well- dies and someone does it. So go ahead. Uh, On June 14th of 2015, police reported to the Blanchard home to do a welfare check after neighbors called reporting that serious and frightening Facebook posts had been made to the joint Facebook account of Dee Dee Blanchard and her seriously ill daughter, Gypsy Rose. The Facebook posts read as followed, that bitch is dead. I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. I remember that. When police entered the room on the night of July 14th, they found the body of Dee Dee Blanchard lying face down in a pool of blood on her bed. She was covered in stab wounds that had been inflicted several days prior. When they searched the home, there was no sign of her daughter, Gypsy Rose, and all of her medication and the wheelchair that she so desperately needed were still in the home. Uh, The community of Springfield was shocked at the murder and possible abduction of a child rallying together with the media to find Dee Dee's killer and rescue Gypsy wherever she may be. Right. Several days later, Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her accomplice would be arrested and charged with first degree murder. This is their story. Uh, 
Dee Dee and her daughter had moved to the Aurora area of Missouri in 2005 after Hurricane Katrina had destroyed their home in Slidell, Louisiana. In 2007, Gypsy was honored by the Oli Foundation, which, which advocates for the rights of feeding tube recipients. Uh, she was named their 2007 Child of the Year. And in 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a small home with a wheelchair ramp and a hot tub in Springfield, Missouri, where they then moved. Can I just point out something with all of that? Yeah. What all of this looks like, because you get to see it, mm-hmm. is media conventions oh yeah i'm gonna get into us big checks big reveal of the house like that one show where they did things like that where they gave people Uh, a house extreme home makeover yeah something like i don't think it was that show but that's that's how it was it wasn't just like some small article like it was like a very big thing in the in the community oh no viral the story of a single mother with a severely disabled daughter forced to flee katrina's devastation received considerable local media attention and the community often pitched in to help dd and gypsy the outpouring of support included a great deal of charitable contributions they stayed at the ronald mcdonald house during medical appointments they received free flights trips to walt disney backstage passes to concerts and of course the habitat for humanity house that was built for them didn't she use social media too to post all these pictures of them doing all these things? Like I remember yes. seeing them like yeah. in a helicopter once for some reason. Yep. Yep. They had helicopter rides. Um, great donations were made to them. Um, they did a lot of conventions, comic cons, uh, a lot of Disney stuff. Uh, Gypsy Rose and her mom were both huge Disney fans. And so it was a lot, a lot of, of Disney stuff. Yeah. A lot of publicity for both people involved. Yes. Those helping, which is a good thing to do, by the way. Yeah. It's- that's okay. You can, yeah. you should publicize when you do something good. But yeah. then also the mom and, and Gypsy. Right. Yeah. Uh, Gypsy's dad at the time, Rod Blanchard, was also making monthly child support payments of about $1,200. And he would also send his daughter's gifts and talk to her on the phone. As far as I know, dad was a good guy, right? Dad is a good guy. All right. Stupid. Got it. Um, yeah. I don't know a whole lot of respect for him as Got a parent to Gypsy growing up. Um, but now okay. he is very involved in a good dad. And on all these pictures, she she was always in a wheelchair, always confined to a wheelchair, right? Uh, yes. I think yeah. she she got into the wheelchair at about seven or eight mm. is when uh, the wheelchair was introduced. Do we ever know what's wrong with her? Yeah, nothing. No, I mean... <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the Not- story. <laughs> Let me rephrase. <laughs> Do we ever hear specific diagnosis from the mom or from anybody about what is actually wrong? Or do we just see someone that is always has feeding tubes, IVs, wheelchair, and is always bald? Um, right? Yes. The mom does have uh, diagnoses yeah, yeah. of her own that she's given. Cancer's one of them, right? That's why, she was, that's why her head was bald. I'll get into that. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, But first, a little bit about Gypsy's dad, uh, Rod Blanchard. Um, uh, What am I going to say? Besides that, he's stupid, of course. Yeah. Oh, I was going to tell you a little bit about the dad and uh, Dee Dee and Gypsy's life leading up to their 2008 move to Springfield. 2008 is when they got the Habitat for Humanity home, which is where Dee Dee would eventually die. What is that? Springfield, Illinois? Uh, Simpsons. Help me. No, it's Springfield, stop it. I you really don't know? It doesn't matter. Go ahead. 
it's in my story. We'll get to it. Definitely not in The Simpsons, though. <laughs> no. Uh, Missouri. Not. Missouri. Go ahead. Yeah. Missouri. Um, uh, so Rod and Dee Dee were married when Dee Dee was 24 and Rod was 17. Uh, they married very quickly after finding out that Dee Dee was pregnant. Uh, Rod said just in that time, in that day, how he was raised. If you got someone pregnant, you married them. Yeah. Um, but but sh- after Gypsy? No. Okay. Because shortly before Gypsy was even born, they separated. Um, so this was around 1991. They separate. Um, Dee Dee did try to get him to come back and stay together. But Rod, you know, stated that they had gotten married for the wrong reasons, which they had. He was not in love with her, but he did want to help support and why. take he care of his daughter. Wonderful. Yeah, he was. He said even back then there was a lot of red flags and stuff that Dee Dee was just a little bit off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Gypsy was born in July of 1991. And Rod says that by the time Gypsy was three months old, Dee Dee was convinced that she suffered from sleep apnea and began taking her to the hospital where repeated overnight stays with a sleep monitor and other tests found no sign of the condition. Say three months or three years? Three months old. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, Dee Dee became convinced that Gypsy had a wide range of health issues, which she attributed to an unspecified chromosomal disorder, which is what she basically used for the rest of Gypsy's life was this her excuse for all chromosomal her disorder. Yeah. Um, and so because it's unspecified, it's very vague. She can throw a whole ton of symptoms underneath yeah. that. You right. Know? Oh, that's one of the symptoms we yep. learned. Vague, vague yeah. stuff. Yeah. So when Gypsy was about seven or eight, she fell off of a motorcycle. It was a very, very minor accident. She had an abrasion on her knee. Her mother would later use that as visible sign of injuries that would require several surgeries to treat properly. So that's, again, you're using that scar. So seven or eight, she's on a motorcycle. She's not bound to a wheelchair yet. No. Mm. Nope. Because from then on, Gypsy was confined to a wheelchair. Although there were no signs that she was not healthy enough to walk on her own. Her mother what? purchased her mother. After this tiny motorcycle incident? Yes. Yes. Wheelchair. Wheelchair. Forever. Yep. Wow. Uh, Gypsy seems to have stopped going to school after second grade. Other reports state that she stopped going to school after kindergarten. Homeschool. Uh, yep. I did not see that, but that sounds like something that would be a part of that. Because yeah, that would fall under No control. one else is watching. Right. Yeah. That would be control, wouldn't it? Um, she homeschooled her supposedly because her illnesses were so severe that no one else could take care of her. She was the only one that could. Um, Rod Blanchard eventually remarried. Um, and Dee Dee and Gypsy moved in with her mother and father. So Dee Dee's father and her stepmother. I'm sorry. They... Dee Dee and Gypsy move in with Dee Dee. So Gypsy's grandfather and step-grandmother is where she's at with her mom, Dee Dee. Yes. Um, The father and stepmother would later claim that Dee Dee, when preparing food for her stepmother, would poison it with weed killer, leading to severe illness during this period. The stepmother was in the hospital constantly. um, Wait, wait, wait. Who poisoned the stepmom? Dee Dee. (gasps) With weed killer. Whoa. Had been putting it in the food. Um, and so Dee Dee's stepmother was in the hospital for, I think it was like nine months. She had to be hops- hospitalized. she was trying to kill her? Do you think she was doing another by proxy? I, I really, I don't know. Cause at the same time, Dee Dee was also arrested for several minor offenses. Um, like writing bad checks. She was notorious 
for writing bad checks, mm. um, was constantly stealing money, was constantly stealing items, um, and bad checks was a, a big thing. But every mm. time she was caught doing something, they would move. They moved constantly. Up yep. until this Habitat for Humanity house, they were moving all the time. Right. Um, her they family... Yeah, when her family would regularly confront her about her treatment of her daughter and their suspicions of her daughter's health and also the health of the stepmother, they confronted her on that. Um, she packed up Gypsy and moved to a different town and started to isolate all of her family away yeah. from them. Yeah. You uh, want to get pissed, but then again, Munchausen by proxy, it's really hard to prove. It's really hard to build a yep. case. It's really hard to take a kid away from their mom, especially when you perceive them to be severely ill. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't that talked about back right. then right no. they're the reason we talk about it isn't it yep. there were a few other ones but this is the main one. Oh yeah. yeah yeah it's a big and it's a it's not an old one it's pretty recent these yeah. are pretty recent conversations yeah no that's a that good people point. are you know kind of being forced to have now but that's why those numbers are so huge too by the way 30 to 70 percent that's why they're so yeah. huge because there's just not enough information out there about it because right. like i said these people don't usually admit their yeah shit. yeah uh, when they moved, they lived in public housing that they had uh, granted due to Gypsy's medical conditions and spent most of their time visiting various specialists. Um, Dee Dee was now at this time saying that her daughter was suffering from muscular dystrophy along with hearing and vision problems. Um, so she's just saying this. Because they move around a lot, she's able to go to hospitals and say, well, this doctor said my daughter has this, this, and this. Right. And then it was up to that doctor to actually look at whether or not that right. had ever been said i mean they didn't do their due diligence but still i mean you're looking at a sick kid in a wheelchair who's probably right. 10 11 12 you'd probably be like you yeah. would you just you, you don't just think assume. that automatically do you yeah. you, you wouldn't assume that the mom is doing what she's supposed to be doing she's taking care of her child yeah. and you would feel bad too and you yeah. would want to help somebody that you feel bad for yep. so uh a muscle biop i'm yeah. sorry i was gonna say i can understand how it perpetuated itself in that in that manner I can't not that i'm condoning yeah. it yeah, to an extent, I can understand. Um, a muscle biopsy was done at the Children's Hospital of New Orleans, found no sign of mus muscular dystrophy. Uh, Didi was able to, but Didi was able to secure treatment for her daughter's other claim, which was seizures. Um, she told the doctor uh, that she had seizures every few months, and so the the doctor started to prescribe anti seizure medication. Uh, several surgeries were performed on her during this time, and Dee Dee regularly took Gypsy to the emergency room for minor ailments. Minor ailments. Um, in the documentary, I didn't get, I didn't write down quick enough exactly what was said, but it was something like they had visited the emergency room over a hundred times within a span of about three years. From a separate case, I learned that seizure medications, mm -hmm. another bipoxy case, can cause seizures. Yeah. In high That's, doses too. Yes. Because she was taking so much medication that was not needed, it was representing itself as symptoms of serious illness. Right. Right. So the, what is that called? The, the side effects of all the medication that she was taking was kind of right. showing, you know, some actual issues because she right. and, to be on it. And Didi's the one probably giving the doses too. Not that the bottle didn't say what to do, but we're Didi has the ultimate say, right? Gypsy's What's sad? Make sure What's sad, Vanessa, is that all of it is put into a feeding tube. Gypsy oh. has no idea what she's being given. No, it's just being pumped into her. It's just being pumped into her. Uh. 
Um, it has been said that many people who met Gypsy were instantly charmed by her. Um, she stood about five feet tall. She was nearly toothless after her mom had all of her teeth removed. Um, she wore very large glasses. She spoke in a very high-pitched childlike voice. I don't know if you've ever heard her talk. No, I remember um, that. Yeah, even now as an adult in prison, she has this very, uh, um, it's creepy to me to listen I've to. I've heard it. Because it sounds like somebody acting like a little girl. Right. You know, and it's just because that's, she was forced to act that way. She was. Um, her mother regularly shaved her head to mimic the hairless appear appearance of chemotherapy. Um, she wasn't necessarily saying that her child was going through chemotherapy, but she liked that when people saw her daughter, they assumed that she was. They right. assumed she must be going through some type of cancer. Um, Gypsy has said that she never was losing her hair, but her mother would tell her, you're going to. So you might as well so cut let's it. Just, let's just do it. Let's just get it done with. Um, so because of that, she, life. yeah, because of that, you'll often see her wearing wigs, hats, these large like bows and flowers, um, on her head and her mom would dress her up like that, much like a doll, like a little princess girl. How old was she when this all led up to what it leads up to? Would you, would you say? Um, when she was missing, she was down. they thought they were looking for a child. She but how was, old was actually she in her twenties. Holy shit. And She's Gypsy, in her 20s? Gypsy had no idea how old she was. Oh my fucking God. In fact, her dad tells a story of when he called Gypsy for her 18th birthday. And he told Didi, I, you know, let me talk to Gypsy. I want to wish her a happy 18th birthday. And her mom kind of went into another room talking real quiet and said, don't tell her she's 18. She doesn't know she's 18. She thinks she's 14. And dad said, why are we not telling her she's 18? And he's, and mom said, because she's mentally retarded, Rod. She doesn't understand that she's 18. So he simply just told her happy birthday and yeah. left out. Um, the age. The age. Jesus uh, Christ, her 20s. Yeah. I think she was 22. She <laughs> might have even been uh, a little bit older. Life. That's yeah. a lot of life. Well, let's see. She was born in 91. And she was arrested in... Wow, she's only four years younger than me. I didn't know that. She was arrested in 2015. Ugh. So how old is that? Let's do the math. I'm not going to do it. Oh, if she was born in 15? She was or... born in 91 and she was arrested in 2015. 91, 2001. Hold on. 2011, 24. 24 years old. God damn. And they thought they were looking for like a 16-year-old. Damn. Um, Gypsy had a wheelchair, oxygen tank, a feeding tube where she was fed children li children's liquid nutrient supplement and just a myriad of medication. Yeah, she was malnutritious. She was probably underweight. And They said that actually when she went to jail, she gained 14 pounds in the first month because she was wow. finally being fed. Fed. Uh, Gypsy's saliva glands were treated with Botox to control her, drool her drooling. She would drool a lot. Uh, Gypsy later stated that that drooling was induced because Dee Dee would put a uh, topical anesthetic on her gums, uh, like you would for babies that are teething. Mm -hmm. So she would numb the inside of Gypsy's mouth, which would cause Gypsy to drool. Dee Dee wanted her to drool, huh? Yeah, she wanted her to look like something was wrong with her. This is insane. Yeah, I for I haven't seen it. I I remember watching it. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in a while. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to rewatch it because, you know, you're going to tell me all about it. Right. That's insane. 
Yeah. She had biopsies done to her legs, um, the Botox put into her uh, saliva glands. She had tubes and other things put in her ears because her mom claimed that she was had all these numerous ear infections. Um, she had all of her teeth removed. That's crazy. We can never know what her daily had, life was like. We she had had the highlights. a feeding tube put into her stomach. She had no reason to have a feeding tube. She could eat perfectly fine. Right. Well, I mean, she didn't have any fucking teeth but that was put the feeding tube was put in well before the teeth were taken out what a horrible thing now i'm pissed uh finally a pediatric neurologist named bernardo flasterstein or flasterstein pediatric um, 22 mom's taking her a pediatrician yeah uh he saw gypsy in springfield and he became suspicious of her muscular dystrophy diagnosis so he ordered some mris and blood tests which found obviously no abnormalities and he stated quote i don't see any reason why she doesn't walk and in the documentary he even says when you see people with muscular dystrophy a lot of their muscle mass has atrophied because they're they're not moving their legs so those muscles are not working and while gypsy did have like a slight slight muscle mass loss none of those muscles were atrophied they by all intents and purposes, they sh- she should have been able to support her own weight with no problem. Right. So does that indicate that she was probably walking and doing things when mm-hmm. cameras weren't around and people weren't around? When her mom wasn't around. Uh, if she was, if her, her mom left her alone. She didn't. It was just that night. Uh, her mom was asleep. Yeah. She would test and see, can I still move my legs? Can I still? Oh. Because her mom's telling her. You cannot move your legs. One, you know, you can't do it. One, oh. all of this stuff is happening to you. You're allergic to all of these things. All of these things are going to kill you. All of these things are going to make you die. I'm the only one keeping you alive. So you have and to do these. Probably things. think you're fucking insane. Yeah. And you're you probably feel like like a bad person for just yeah. wanting to see if you can stand on your own two feet. And you're twenty, almost twenty four years old. In fact, when you see her in any interview with her mom, you will notice that her mom is always holding her hand and what gypsy said was that anytime gypsy came even somewhat close to saying that she could do more than what her mom was saying her mom would squeeze her hand or dig her nails into her hand and gypsy but no i'm i shouldn't be saying this whatever i'm saying isn't right well whatever empathy any of us had for people yeah you can just let it go Uh, The doctor also noted that Didi was, quote, not a good historian. He contacted Gypsy's doctors in New Orleans and learned that the original muscle biopsy that had been done all those years ago had come back negative, which undermined what Didi was self-reporting to this doctor. She was saying, listen, I've already taken her to doctors and had all these tests done. This is what she has. Um, She had also claimed that all of her medical records had been destroyed in the flooding after Hurricane Katrina. So that was something she could use. She needed all new records. She need, you know, she could just say whatever was on these records because they had supposedly all been lost. Um, bitch. Dr. Flasterstein also noted that he suspected the possibility of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Unfortunately, Dee Dee was able to gain access to these notes. Uh, She requested all of the medical records anytime something was done. So she saw these notes and obviously stopped taking Gypsy to see him. 
Um, the documentary actually has a really good part where, uh, her defense attorney is actually sitting down with her dad, Rod Blanchard and his new wife, and they're going over this note and it's really interesting for them. If the doctor's note is what they're going over. Yeah. And they're looking that says and they like, suspect yeah, by but why was nothing done? They have right. it on record. Well, I was, my first thought was CPS and I go, wait, she's fucking 22. She's 23. Like I, 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 I don't know who you would call in that well, point. He called no one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not the answer either. <laughs> he called uh, no one. Yeah. The doctor. Oh, look at that. Okay. Yeah. The doctor brought it up to other doctors, um, and and he was supposedly told by these other doctors to treat the pair with quote golden gloves. Uh, he doubted the authorities would believe him, and so he didn't follow up with reporting to social services. He actually says in the documentary, and I was so pissed listening to it, and I didn't get his actual quote, so this is not verbatim. Paraphrasing, but he, said, but he says something like. As a doctor, you know, we report to social services when someone is neglecting a child. But in this case, the mom was overly taking care of the child, which mm, just no. so combined with that statement and the other doctors making the golden glove comment, um, he stated those as reasons for not getting social services involved. Um, so in conclusion, fuck him. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for coming to our TED talk. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. But everything I read might have been after this whole Gypsy Rose situation, but everything I read said that child abuse and Munchausen by proxy are one and the same. And then I had another it, thought. This could have but, absolutely been taken care of. No, right child then. abuse. Yeah, I mean, 20, 24 years started when she was three months. Fucking ridiculous. That's a lot of people failing. Well, Gypsy. we keep saying that this could have been taken care of right there. But in 2009, an anonymous call was made to the police uh, in which the mm -hmm. anonymous person stated that Dee Dee was using different names and birthdays for herself and her daughter, which was true. She did that a lot. Gypsy didn't even know what year she was actually born in. Right. Um, and the caller also suggested that Gypsy was in better health than Dee Dee claimed um officers did perform a wellness check but ultimately accepted Dee Dee's explanation that she had used the misinformation to make it harder for her quote abusive ex-husband to find her in gypsy they didn't check this story out with broad blanchard no call was made to him nothing to to look into it um and the police reported that gypsy did seem to be genuinely mentally handicapped and the case was closed no wow. nothing further um so many fucking people failed this girl <laughs> i literally wrote that in all caps like you can't believe watching this reading this how many people failed her yeah it's mm. while gypsy still was still believed to be a teenager by the 2010 by the 2010s she was in fact an adult um mm. and kind of began to test the limits with her mom uh, there's a 2009 or 2010 story where Gypsy actually escaped with her birth certificate in the middle of the night and asked a neighbor to take her to a local hospital where she wanted to visit a man that she had a mutual romantic interest in. This is uh, the internet that brought about yes, this, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. 
uh, Dee Dee showed up with a doctored birth certificate claiming that Gypsy was still a child. Gypsy was made to apologize to everyone present and then was sent home with her mom. What do they do? Just dismiss this real birth certificate? Or the fact that she's fucking walking? She walked into yeah. the hospital. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. It's and they're insanity. super publicized, so you could easily look it up is, that she's been trying to confine her to a wheelchair. Baffling. Um, How stupid people are, because... It, <laughs> I get that. Or, no, it's believable. not even stupid. It's how much people just don't want to get involved. Yeah, no, you're right. Apathy. It's that avoidance. <laughs> I'll just. Yeah. This isn't my problem, right? right? This isn't my problem. Just let right. them. And someone needed help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since 2001, Gypsy had been attending, like I said, um, science fiction and fantasy conventions with her mom, where she would regularly dress as Disney characters, uh, mostly Cinderella. Um, at a 2011 event, she made another escape attempt with a man that she met online and then subsequently met up with at a convention. Um, Dee Dee tracked her down, found her in a hotel room with the man, showed the man paperwork, giving gypsies false age and threatened to call the police and tell the police that he was abducting a child. Wow. Um, Gypsy later recalled that afterward, her mother took a hammer to her computer, smashed her computer, smashed her phone, and threatened to do the same to her fingers if she ever tried that shit again. Yeah. Um, she was also kept... Why is she in jail? Uh, we'll get I, don't, I don't literally mean answer that. I'm just thinking, yeah, like, I know. at this point, why is she in jail? Sounds like, you know, yeah. like what any of us would be rightfully... Right. Well, after that, that second attempt, she was also kept uh, leashed and handcuffed to her bed for two weeks. Um, Dee Dee also told Gypsy that she had filed paperwork th- with the police claiming that Gypsy was mentally incompetent. She never did that, but she told Gypsy that she had paperwork, um, which led Gypsy to believe that she, if she were to ever attempt to go to the police for help, they wouldn't believe her because right. her mom had this paperwork saying she was mentally incompetent. Um, Gypsy continued to use the computer after her mother would go to sleep. She had like a laptop that she could sneak out and, and, and get on. Um, she had five separate personal Facebook pages and would frequent dating sites. You have to think like, this is a girl who is a woman. (laughs) She's not a girl. She's a woman. She's a perfectly healthy woman in all aspects of reality. Um, who's been, so she's having these same sexual urges, emotional urges as any other young woman, you know, wanting to know what it's like to have a boyfriend, to be in love, to be kissed, to have friends, to have a best friend. You know, she hasn't been able to have any of that. Yeah. Just a life. All of it has been secluded and she is meant to act like a 10 year old girl all the time. Incredibly unique situation too. I mean, it's not... It's not on the spectrum of being imprisoned, which people have actually been, because people are, as you're going to learn from the show, awful human beings to each other, where they keep well, them locked up for years. But I mean, this yeah. is, it's her own mother doing it. She's probably convinced of most of it. And any mental issues that she has is because of this, right? right. Any- well, and she's constantly stuck in this, okay, I know I can move my legs, but my mom is saying that I shouldn't be able to, like, she doesn't know what's real and what's not. In fact, the act did, um, 
a good episode, a little spoiler alert, but not, not really. Cause it's in the stories and stuff too. Um, her mom told her that she was deathly allergic to sugar, so she couldn't have soda or anything like that. She would sneak it at night, right? Mm. When her mom was asleep, because her mom could have all that. Her believe me, her mom was indulging in shit. Yeah, she's um, that her daughter wasn't allowed to have. Um, so in the middle of the night, she would sneak sweets and frosting and candy, and that led to a lot of uh, teeth issues. And so she had cavities. Well. She knows she's not allergic to sugar, right? Because she's eating sugar and she's not right. dying. Right. But then one time she takes some sh- she takes some frosting or a cupcake or something. It gets on that tooth and she has all this pain all of a sudden. And it immediately makes her think, "Oh my god, my mom's right." Right, cuz she doesn't know. She's not understanding. It's she has just some tooth decay. Right. Thinking, Holy "Shit, my mom was right and I'm going to die." Like that's oh. how psychologically fucked up all that was probably happening all the time in different situations and scenario don't realize yeah we we sit there and think oh i would do this i would do that you you don't know what the fuck you would do because you wouldn't know what your this started when gypsy was three months old this has been her entire life it's all she knows her entire life has been this and she's been told that her mom is the only one that can keep her alive and keep her safe her mom's her only advocate and to be honest her mom is her only fucking advocate nobody else did anything no, nobody else did. She tried to find other people to do it and they failed her. I mean, at one, obviously she tried other avenues. We've learned that so far as we're leading up to the ultimate event. She tried. And like you said, you established why she didn't feel like she could go to the police or anything yep. else that we thought we would do. And I think it all sounds very reasonable, right? Absolutely. You agree? Sounds yes. perfectly reasonable that she didn't think she could go to neighbors, police, friends, anybody. They've all, they made her apologize. Like you said, that's yeah. like, yeah. that's, that's the nail in the coffin for me anyway. Yeah. That's rough. I wonder if she ever learned about Munchausen by proxy before. She has now. No. After the effect. After now that she's in prison, she has said that she's done lots of studying on it and read lots about it. Well, Um, I'm glad she gets to learn about it. I wish it wasn't while she's in prison. I know. Um, Gypsy continued to use the computer after her mom would go to sleep. Like I said, she had about five separate personal facebook pages that her mom didn't know about they had a joint facebook page together where you would get all of the posts about what they're doing what you know all the disney pictures stuff like that anytime anytime someone has that sarah's like oh they cheated oh fuck yeah if you have a joint (laughs) facebook account someone cheated cheated. (laughs) someone cheated i'm telling you right now there's no doctor fills the shit out of social media (laughs) no reason why you should have a joint facebook account oh my husband's just too late no Someone cheated. (laughs) I don't buy it. Uh, So sometime around 2012, she made contact with a man named Nicholas Godijon, which is such a fun last name, right? Godijon? Godijon. Godijon. He was a man that was around her age. He was from Big Bend, Wisconsin. She says they met on a Christian singles dating site. Now, Nicholas had some issues of his own that Gypsy wasn't privy to. Mental setbacks or something mm, worse? He stated at times to either have disassociative identity disorder um, yeah. and then other times said he was autistic. Um, he also had a criminal record for indecent exposure after he was arrested for watching porn and masturbating at a McDonald's for like eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a lunch. Yeah. yeah. Eight hours. How did it take eight fucking hours for someone to call the police like, <laughs> Holy shit. How? Is he still doing it? 
We'll wait till after the lunch. <laughs> yeah, let's just give him, We're he, busy. They were probably like, like making bets. Like, how long is this guy gonna fucking go? You know, <laughs> it's a betting pool at McDonald's. <laughs> Listen, Christ. if it's McDonald's on Twenty Seventh Avenue in Indian School, I would not doubt it for a second. That's someone probably... masturbating there right now. Right now, there's two people. <laughs> They're looking at each other like, who's going to do it first? Beat the game to a record. And there's a betting pole in the back. It's very boring oh, working all night at a McDonald's. Oh. So the two begin ex- uh, exchanging flirty messages and sex and uh, eventually consider themselves boyfriend and girlfriend, right? They change their relationship yeah. statuses on Facebook. Um Okay, so they're exchanging. But mom doesn't know about her Facebook. Oh, absolutely not. No, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, their exchanges also sometimes had a BDSM element to them, which <laughs> I hate to even get into, as I okay. think it could make BDSM look like a bad thing and not the safe, sane, consensual practice that it is. But here we go. Safe, sane, sensual, practical consensual. people. Consensual. Yeah. It can also Thank be you. sensual, but safe, safe, <laughs> consensual. Thank you, Sarah. That well, is a boring person like me into this group. Thank you. Is there sensual? <laughs> yeah. So while it's said that these were BDSM aspects, and I suppose that they are, I would hate for someone to just hear this about BDSM and think that this is what BDSM leads it's to. associated with. It yeah, it's absolutely not. doesn't. This is a no. separate thing um so at the request of nicholas godajan uh they they cover this really well in documentary i i'm not going to get too much into it because like i said i i just feel like people should do their own research when it comes to bdsm this is a topic that is very near and dear to me and i don't want to give the wrong impression of it um, but they did start, yes, <laughs> they did start to participate in online role-playing fantasies, including a role-playing fantasy called DDLG. Um, oh, wait, didn't you just say you're not going to go into it? Now you're going into it? No, I, I'm just going into it a little bit. If you want to hear more about what they did, you can watch the documentary and then you can um, look into like actual BDSM. Do not. <laughs> Don't listen to Sarah. You guys are just going to go Google this and you're going to be blindsided by it. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I was. She was like, do you know what this means? And she just threw me an acronym and I'm like, I don't know. What do I know? And she just threw it at me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, well, listen, they start to indulge in something called DDLG, which for the record is not my kink. Um, this stands for daddy, dom, little girl. So Nicholas would take on the role of being a very dominating father figure and what she was lacking. Gypsy would take on the role that she's had her entire life as being a very submissive little girl. Right. Um, Nicholas stated to, uh, Gypsy that he had five different personalities. And so he wanted Gypsy to create five different girlfriends for his personalities to interact with. So they had like five different uh, like role plays going on, right? There was the little girl, there was um, the like sexy dominatrix, there was the silly candy striper stripper girl, and she had an outfit for every one of these. You can look up the pictures; they are <laughs> they are <laughs> not what you would expect. We're not going to post them on our Instagram. <laughs> I guess I could. I don't want to oh, exploit my. her. God, don't it exploit her. Because no. she did feel like she was having this 
intimate kind of maybe she didn't want to know either well and you have to think like this is somebody who has never been to been able to explore any type of sexual fantasy sure sure so she's probably having fun right so all of a sudden she can be she's never been able to be anything but gypsy rose in the wheelchair right yeah what her mom wants now she's these five different sexy fun characters right yeah. and it's all no, fine and it's very secretive and sexy and and listen if you if you're out there and you're like thinking about that and you're mm-hmm. getting gross about it no Hard. no you're getting thank thank you <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say is flaccid, that the word you yes. were looking for yes Hard? if you're getting uh Hard or raging, he was raising boner about five personalities and stuff let me make a recommendation. You can just skip right over all this and just date a narcissist or sociopath like I did. And you'll quickly realize that they have about five to seven personalities that you have to learn to adapt. Okay. But how many of them were sexy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the listeners really want. To know. Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Five to seven sexy ones. Okay. Yes. Now I've got a hypothetical boner. Go ahead. Okay. Um, again, this has all gone over pretty thoroughly in the documentary, although they don't um there's some they they talk about how they kind of had this like uh go to jean had had mentioned maybe a rape fantasy that he had and things like that um what i didn't like about the documentary is that they don't thoroughly explain the difference between that sort of thing and what actual bdsm is so again if the word bdsm being associated with this story makes you feel uneasy. I suggest that you talk to somebody, probably one of your close friends that practices BDSM, or you go on YouTube and look at people like Brittany Simon or Evie Lupine and uh, learn more about, about the community. And again, the safe, same. Or just ask your wife who's read Fifty Shades of Grey and thinks she knows all about it. Oh my God. Moving on. <laughs> I've opened a can. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Okay. Uh, in 2015, Gypsy and Nicholas concoct a plan to meet in real life, right? They've never, they haven't met in real life yet. It's been a couple yeah, years of this and they've never met. Um, so she was going to be seeing the live action movie of Cinderella with her mother and she, at the movie theater, mm-hmm. she was going to be dressed as Cinderella for the movie Ugh, because that's people. how mom made her dress. Nicholas showed up to the movie dressed as Prince Charming. And they were supposed to just bump into each other, strike up a conversation, and that was going to be how they first met. Because her mom was going to be there. That's how she was trying to get this relationship going. You know what I mean? It's almost like she wanted to have permission to be. Well, she wanted to be able to talk to him. Yes. Be able to talk to him again. Right. She needed. Because she knew her mom controlled every faucet of her life. Facet. A faucet's what you use, like, faucet. Oh, I was thinking of Farrah Fawcett, but okay. <laughs> so she wants she wants to be able to see him in real life. And in order to do that, she needs a story of how they've met. So this is where the plan comes, that they'll just bump into each other at the movies like a fairy tale. They're both dressed like these characters. Right. And her mom will fall for it and, and love them. Um, Nicholas <laughs> says that as soon as they met at the movie theater, Gypsy said she had to use the bathroom. He met her in the men's room and they immediately had sex. Holy shit. Um, in the men's bathroom. She was ready to go. They've been sexing for three fucking years. Yeah, I hear it. You know, like, all right, I get it. I get it. All right. 
Um, Dee Dee, however, immediately found Nicholas to be creepy because he was, after all, a grown man dressed as Prince Charming watching a children's movie alone. Oh, Dee Dee. <laughs> like, he can't, that, the plan did not work. Double standard <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, the plan backfired. Yeah, she was like, what the fuck is this creep doing here yeah. watching this movie with no kids, no family, he's just no friends, he's just dressed up by himself like a weirdo. Mm. Uh, so the plan that they had hoped would work obviously failed. So um, the two continued their online interactions and then soon began this plan to kill her mom. Um, in June of that year, Gypsy told Nicholas that she was finally ready to go ahead with their plans. Um, she told him all of this in text. And if you watch the documentary, they show all of these texts. They were used in court. All yeah. of that. That's what they used to put her away because it was so premeditated. But I mean, it was absolutely, yeah. But like, definitely, definitely. I'm not saying he should be off the hook. I'm just saying, as far as Gypsy is concerned, I, I, even though there's all that planning, I, I believe that she really thought there was no other way, right? At all. Yeah. Uh, Gypsy texts him, or he travels to Springfield, um, and I believe they said he waited at, like, a bus stop or something like that. Um, but Gypsy texts him after her mother had fallen asleep. He met her at the back door where she handed him duct tape, gloves, and a knife. She then went to her bathroom. She curled up in a fetal position. She covered her ears, and she waited for him to return to the bathroom. Right. Um, she would later claim that she did not expect him to actually be able to do it. But we all know, obviously, he did. Um, after the murder, the two had sex um, in Gypsy's bedroom. Uh, she said it was pretty violent, rough sex for her, um, where it was actually, like, painful and she wanted it to stop. Um, they took about $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had hidden in her home, and they fled to a motel right outside of Springfield. Uh, they actually mailed the murder weapon back to Nicholas's home in Wisconsin to avoid being caught with it. And they stayed in a motel room for several several days while planning their next move. There's tons of video surveillance of them walking around the, the motel. Did they take their own videos too? They absolutely did. <laughs> and you. they are fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You can watch them on the documentary. You can look it up. It is gross. Yeah. Um, I believe there's a quote in one where, you know, <laughs> Gypsy's voice, I can't do it. She has like a really high pitched little girl voice and she's videotaping them. And she says, look at Nicholas is eating a brownie and he's eating a brownie in bed, right? They're both naked. Nicholas is eating his brownie and later he's going to be eating me. I about <laughs> threw the fuck up. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Don't want to hear it. Because in my head, she's like a 10-year-old girl, but she's not. Yeah. She's a grown fucking woman. Oh, right. it's such a mind fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Get me the fuck out of this documentary. <laughs> I hated it. Uh, they stayed at the motel for a couple of days, then they took a Greyhound bus back to Wisconsin, where Nicholas lives. Um, they can both be seen on video where she's wearing a blonde wig and she's obviously walking unassisted. No wheelchair, nothing. Um, after so many days had gone by and no one had discovered her mother's body yet, like she was regularly turning on the news, things like that. She was able to see no one had discovered it yet. Uh, Gypsy had Nicholas log onto his, er, she had Nicholas log onto her mom's Facebook page through his phone. 
and post those uh, messages that I uh, read at the, the beginning of the story. The bitch is dead. You know, I've raped, you know, the girl, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> uh, the bitch is dead being the first. And then 17 minutes later, he comments the one su- suggesting that he raped Gypsy. Um, Gypsy stated that it was her hope that someone would read the message and call the police and discover her mother's body. Not mm-hmm. entirely sure why. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was obviously, anxiety. yeah, that anxiety and guilt. Um, she still loved her mom, you know, and I, I think maybe after so many days of not getting caught, maybe it was kind of starting to set in, yeah. um, that this was a real thing that they had done and a real thing that had happened. Absolutely. Uh, I, cause I don't think she's as twisted as this guy. Don't. No, that was the first thing to, so she probably identified with that and that's yeah. probably why she was it. But I don't think that that is any indication of the kind of person that she could have been or can be or is. Right. Well, to back up a little bit um, of maybe why the sex was so um, violent and painful is because he uh, told Gypsy that he was going to rape her mom. He wanted to kill her and then rape her. Um, Gypsy wanted her mom to die but she didn't want her mom to be raped even after death. And so they had made an agreement that he could rape Like an exchange. Yeah. He could kill the mom and and then she would, they would have this rape fantasy. Yeah. Obviously it didn't go the way she wanted to um, or that she thought it was going to, you know, it was a lot more need to be in prison. Yeah. It was a lot more, a lot more violent um, than, than I think, you know, she realized it was going to be. Right. Um, police were able to ask Facebook to track the IP address from which the posts to Didi's account were made. Um, and those obviously led back to Nicholas. And the next day, police agencies in Wisconsin raided the go to John home. Both Nicholas and Gypsy surrendered and were taken into custody on charges of murder and felony armed criminal action. They were extradited back to Springfield and held on a $1 million bond. Ooh. They're not together still, are they? Like, you know. No. No, not at all. Um, The news that Gypsy was safe was a relief to the community. But the county sheriff, Jim Arnott, soon made a television appearance and proclaimed that, quote, things are not always as they appear. Uh, The media would soon begin to report that Gypsy had never been sick, had always been able to walk, and that her mother had made her pretend using physical abuse to control her. Yeah, no shit. While the charge of first-degree murder can carry the death penalty under Missouri law or life without parole, the county prosecutor, after hearing all the evidence of abuse, um, county prosecutor Dan Patterson soon announced that he would not seek the death penalty for either Gypsy or Nicholas. I think that's Um, called mitigating circumstances. Yeah, well, he called the case extraordinary and unusual. Yeah. You know, if justice was a real thing... I think that every single person that had a real, genuine, legitimate opportunity to do something in her defense mm-hmm. for the 24 years that she went through this should have right. been on the jury. Like, you think she should go to prison? Right. I think you should go. You yeah. ass. Yeah. And they would have said no, I presume. Right. In July of 2015, Gypsy and her defense attorney were able to secure a plea bargain agreement, and she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Oh, I wish she would have pleaded not guilty. Nicholas Godijan still faced the more severe charge as he and Gypsy both agreed that he was the one that actually killed Dee Dee. 
And in January of 2017, his trial was postponed when prosecutors requested a second psychiatric exam after his lawyer stated that he was on the autism spectrum and had an IQ of about 82, which suggested diminished capacity. Definitely. His trial was set for November of 2018, and after four days, the case was sent to the jury, which after approximately two hours of deliberation, Nicholas Godejan was found guilty of first-degree murder and armed criminal action. Sentence? In February of 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison for the murder- Oh my God, last month? Yep. Wow. Life in prison for the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard and 25 years on the charge of armed criminal action to run concurrent with the life sentence. Godejan's lawyer filed a motion for a new trial. Um, He stated that the jury should not have been privy to information stating that he wanted to rape Dee Dee. He thought that that kind of poisoned the jury pool. Um, but he was ultimately denied that motion for a new trial. And so and I think he should get life without Jean will spend the rest of his life in prison. Right. Without parole? Without parole. That's good. What uh, did girl Gypsy get? Gypsy's now serving her sentence in a Missouri correction oh, center. Yeah, yep. About her mother, she is quoted saying, I think she would have been the perfect mom for someone who was actually sick. Which just makes me so sad. What about like prison time for gypsy in like a hospital where she takes five yeah. years to get her shit together yeah. why does she have to be an actual prison i know she doesn't need to be rehabilitated she never had a, a life to unhabilitate yeah. <laughs> whatever that means well about her life in prison she says quote i feel like i'm freer in prison than with living with my mom because now i'm allowed to just live like a normal woman sure I'm worried about her when she gets out. I'm going to be honest with you. She'll be 30-something, 34 when she gets out. She'll be almost our age. Well, her dad and her stepmom are huge supporters of her. She'll be going home to them. Um, They're actually... She'll take it overboard when she gets out. I know. know Yeah, it's going to be hard. Um, According to expert Mark Feldman, Gypsy exhibits at times the same sociopathic manipulative behaviors as her mother... Yeah. Who was for much of her life her only role model? So it would make sense that she would exhibit those same kinds of behavior. While a formal diagnosis of Munchausen by proxy is impossible for Dee Dee because she's dead, we can't actually give her please that. Uh, Feldman told the Springfield News uh, News Leader that he could confidently say that Dee Dee had it based on what he knew about the case. Or at least that Gypsy was a victim of it. Come on, yeah. Gypsy's alive. He's quoted, yep, he's quoted as saying Gypsy was um, infantiliz- inf- infantiliz- Oh fuck me. <laughs> me too tonight. Infant. Infantil. Fuck. <laughs> Infantilized. Infantil. I practiced this word so many. Is it infant? Infantilized. Infantilized. And kept away from her peers, she was little more than a tool for Dee Dee to navigate through the world the way she wanted to. Gypsy Rose Blanchard is now 27 years old and is set to be released in 2024. And that is the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. And the death of of Dee Dee Blanchard. Fuck Dee Dee and what a bunch of bullshit. And fuck that guy, what a douche. What's crazy is that uh, in the documentary, uh, Mommy Dead and Dearest... They're interviewing Dee Dee's father, who's still alive. The father and the stepmother are still alive. Right, right. Um, 
they uh, bring up an accusation against Dee Dee. They think Dee Dee killed her own mother. Uh, I don't know what year it was, but Dee Dee had um, like caretaker rights over her mom. And uh, they they want it looked into because they think she looks like a pro at what she was doing with the by proxy stuff yep they think Dee Dee actually killed her mom um with lack of nutrition and poisoning and things like that um her father also said that when he was called um to see what he wanted done with the body of his daughter he said he didn't care they said well it's been cremated and he said well flush it down the toilet (laughs) Dee Dee's dad yeah God bless. But I have no, God. no reason to have anything to do with that. She was a monster her whole life, and she got yeah. what she deserved. Yeah. Um. So Dee Dee's own. In fact, in the documentary, a lot of her family is um brought on and interviewed, and all of them. No, no one has anything Sympathy good to say her. about this woman. Yeah, they would. Just someone who's the same, I guess. Yeah. What a terrible bitch! I hate her so much. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of pissed that she's dead, but I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm pissed Gypsy's in prison. I think she just needs help. I don't think she needs prison. Prison, our prison system isn't the best place for someone like that to be getting any help. Now, re- look yeah. into her, not that when, all women in prison are terrible. I know plenty of people, well, not plenty, but I know a few people went to prison and they're entrepreneurs now or whatever yeah. they're doing. But um, they're not all terrible, but still they all probably have their own issues and, and, and things like that. And, yeah. um, you know. Gypsy it definitely needs she doesn't need a criminal help. psychologist right. to help her from her criminal yeah she needs help just in yeah. general i don't yeah. know how you come back from that it's i was going to say that that story is just a perfect uh story or example of the perpetual cycle of shit basically yeah. and how it just you know or the saying the sins of your father the sins of your mother yeah you know what i mean get passed down and because really what hope does gypsy have well like i said her her dad and her stepmom um have really redeemed themselves in this story because i really was not happy with rod blanchard in the beginning of this documentary i feel like he he could have done so much more yeah um but you're saying he's not continuing down that path of not being helpful no right he's turned around a little bit yeah He's very much there for his daughter. They go and visit her. She has a place to come home um, when when she is released. They actively fight for early release for her. She's a model prisoner. Um, it's good. And all we can hope is that when she gets out, she continues to get the help and services that she desperately needs. It's actually good to hear she's a model prisoner that because I would suspect... See, when, when we worked at the jail, we had to take this class handling the seriously mentally ill because mental health is a joke now. Right. And so everybody with those issues ends up in jail and off their meds or whatever, yep. right? And unless they're an imminent threat to themselves or others, they're not going to psych. They're going in general yeah. population with everybody else. And the first thing that you learn is that these people are taken advantage of and coerced and they're very gullible and, and can be talked into things. So to hear that she's a model prisoner is good because, you know, it get can be pretty cutthroat in there where you get you know you get suckered into doing things and you feel like you have to so that's good maybe they take pity on her i don't know well not only is she a model prisoner she's also gotten a completely clean bill of health there is absolutely nothing Nothing. wrong she doesn't her teeth don't grow back though um no she yeah she does have fake teeth now um they did say that her growth 
may have been a little bit stunted because all of this, the medications, the doctors, that's all of it started so young at three months of age um, that it probably did stunt her growth a little bit. Um, and she does have a little bit of a, a lazy eye if she's not wearing her I glasses. Um, but other than that, she does not have muscular dystrophy. She does not have seizures. Um, she's not allergic to food. She does not need a feeding tube. Um, mm. She does not need a wheelchair. She does not, all of the things that she grew up subjected to. Um, she did not have. And to hear that quote of, I think my mom would have been the perfect mom for somebody who is really sick, just breaks my heart. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, because she did love her mom and she does show actual remorse for yeah. what happened. She no, does. It's, it's terrible because she uh, loved her mom and, 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 and her mom was her perpetrator. She's a victim. Her mom her was mom. hurting her. Yeah. yeah. That's the only person that she had caring about her for 24 years. I get it. I guess I wouldn't say that, that there's no hope. I guess I would just not, not I'm not, I, I said, what hope does she have? And I didn't mean what hope does she have? Cause hope is that thing that you, that you only have sometimes. I think what I meant to say is, her odds are stacked against her and yeah. what kind of start, I guess is what I'm saying. What does right. she, what kind of start? How does she, does she start have? over? A good one. Yeah. yeah. What kind of beginning point does she have? Starting point. Well, and I think it starts with what we talked about in the very beginning, having that strong, healthy support system. Right. And from what I can see from the documentaries and from her dad coming out and speaking and things like that is that she will have that support system. Um, I just hope that she continues to have actual therapy with psychiatrists and psychologists who can help her because this is something that's going to affect her for the rest of her life, obviously. Has her voice changed at all? No. Yeah. Her voice is the same. It is that same very high-pitched, childlike voice. So you're um, saying you would not be best friends with me or do the show with me if I sounded like that. Absolutely not. It really creeps me out. <laughs> it really creeps me out. I feel bad because I, I, my heart goes out to her. I get it, yeah. So much empathy. Even telling this story, I teared up a couple times, especially when I get to that quote when she talks about her mom, makes my eyes well up with tears, but I cannot listen to her talk. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me crazy. So I watch the documentary with the captions on basically yeah yeah the documentary is very good like i said the act so far is very good um what i didn't like is that the second episode has kind of like this doctor that is kind of on to the mom and she's trying to you know get gypsy and the bottom line is these doctors didn't do shit for this yeah show. nobody did anything they're yeah. gonna try to introduce these little mini heroes throughout the show from what non-existent. I see, and it's non-existent. There was one guy who wrote one report suggesting that this could be a case of Munchausen by proxy, and then it sat on a fucking shelf. Yeah, no follow-up. Nothing was done. There was an anonymous call made. They still don't know who, who made the call. Um, that was put in. The cops went out. Nothing was done. Um, oh, I a, hope a they don't portray her. BDSM in a bad way, or we're never going to hear to the end of it, people. Ever. Yeah if the act portrays the BDSM stuff in a bad way, if they portray it at all, but more particularly. Oh, they're going to portray it. I've already oh. seen the previews of her dressed up in her little outfits with her little wigs. Uh, and no. She gets pretty risque in these pictures. All right. Uh, well, it's King, right? She's exploring her sexuality. No, I said it's Joey King, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. But we're really listeners. Listen, we're not going to hear the end of it. So let's fingers crossed. They don't do it in a bad way because 
I'll have a whole show plan. I'll start talking and Sarah will just fucking burst in the door, interrupt and say, no. This I, is do plan, I do plan on doing a future episode about BDSM. Uh, What's my role going to be on that? You just sit back and take it. No. Because <laughs> it's BDSM. <laughs> what, 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 what am I going to research? Nothing. You're going to sit back and take it. Oh, okay. I'm telling you. Okay, got it. I'm going to be the daddy, Dom. You're going to be the little girl. And oh. Listen. <laughs> then I'm going to talk in that loud, squeaky voice and drive you insane. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, exactly. You're out, huh? Well, you were right to suggest a lighthearted episode next after this one. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's what I said. It's, it's pretty heavy. This was exhausting, right? No, it was. Yeah, this one was tough. It was heavy. Yeah, it was heavy. Yeah, it was it exhausting, was. Uh, but we got through it. It was a long one. Hope yeah. you guys stayed, stayed Titanic with it. long or? I think we're at about an hour and a half. I think we're at two hours, but okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. So well, with hopefully... cutting out all of the nonsense in the background, it'll probably be an hour and a half yeah god i've never had such a busy house that i've had today people and i'm sorry but listen we have lives we do yeah we don't have studios not yet maybe soon i don't know Maybe someday but the the, yeah next week episode is supposed to be super fun Uh, i've got a couple light games for us to play that are cool to play over audio only it'll be a a good uh palate cleanser after this tough one because then after the next one we're going into another tough one yeah we're getting right back into it We're gonna get right back get in. too settled. Yeah, yeah, right back into a tough one. But uh, for now, um, you can where can they get us at? Podbean, Anchor. Anchor. Uh, those are two big apps you can get on your phone. You know what? By the time it drops, though, there might be more. Right. So check our Facebook. Yeah. That's probably the best spot to go for right yep. now. Keep going to our Facebook. Uh, this podcast sounds exhausting. We do updates on where you guys can listen to us. We do have um, a YouTube channel where we post these. So you can go on there, sure. subscribe, listen there. If that's uh, the easiest place for you to listen, you can follow us on Instagram at TPSE Podcast. Um, I'm going to be posting reference photos for this yep. episode. Um, so you'll be able to see Gypsy Rose, her mom. Maybe yeah. I'll throw in some sexy role play pictures i don't know how <laughs> not of myself of gypsy um, so check damn us, it <laughs> check us out there it helps us a lot um anytime you guys like yeah. subscribe follow it really helps us um and we appreciate it so much yeah and your messages and your comments they're all helpful yeah appreciate seriously um, we're working on the bigger ones right soundcloud spotify yep. itunes we're working on all that so they're coming for we're sure working hard they're coming along we're going to get them on there as soon as we know that we're on there. We will update all of you guys. Again, if there's something uh, um, anonymous or something you don't want to put on Facebook or Instagram, you can email us at this podcast sounds exhausting at gmail.com. That email sounds exhausting. <laughs> I don't know why I did it that like, way, but good luck with it, it guys. It looks like this <laughs> podcast <laughs> sex hosting. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's why I put caps for each first word. You were like so obsessed with that. But now there I emailed that thing in it. No, it doesn't. And then I saw it and I'm like, oh, I see. This podcast sex hosting. (laughs) I love it. Anyways, guys, thanks Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for uh, listening. I hope you have a good night and we'll uh, see you on the next one. Yep. Good night. Goodbye. Wait, what do we say? Bitch, bye. 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 (laughs) Bye.